spirits, my friends, my comrades, my dunnies, my niggas. Welcome to the annals, the chapters of history that millions, the thousands, the hundreds of those with poor recreational enterprises are listening to. This is the People's Paradise Podcast. What's up with you? How you doing? Shout out to everybody who listened to me live on YouTube. Shout out to those of you who are listening to me afterwards on Spotify or on Spreaker, SoundCloud, Apple, iTunes, whatever, whatever your situation might be. Thank you for listening, bro. How you doing? What's up with you? And to the little sis, to the females out there who are listening, to those of you guys, to the animals who are out there listening simply because their owners take earphones and put them on the ears. I think that's weird shit. A bitch sent me a picture of her... Um, over teacup Yorkie with her earphones on, and she was like, "He's in paradise." Cause the podcast called Paradise. I was like, "That's cool, that's cool." But bitch, I think you need, I think you need friends. <laughs> but, but nah, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the family. Thank you for listening. Thank, bro. Y'all don't know how amped I am about this, man. My birthday's in three days, so just know there's people out there who really are fucking with the podcast. The movement is steadily growing and growing and growing. Just to know there's people out there who really are listening to me, who even if you ain't listening to me, who even if you don't necessarily entertain the content, just know those of you guys are out there who are supporting me. And in that category, that's more of my family members. It's weird. So many people think I'm talented when it comes to the art of speaking, to the, when it comes to the art of talking and all that greatness. Like my mama ain't think, my mama think I ain't shit. <laughs> my mama like, my mama like, this nigga? But you know, when we were shouting, mama, I love you, mama. You know, you know I love you, mama. What's that song by Boys the Man, Dear Mom? Mama, Mama, you know I love you. I love you, Mama. So, uh, one of the most requested topics I talk about today, and it was no way that I could be a member of pop culture. It is no way I could be one of American descent. And avoid talking about this. And this was the release of the surprise by Shock album that was Eminem's Kamikaze. And man, that nigga was a kamikaze. I forgot what a minute what I forgot for a moment what kamikazes were until I saw the cover of his album because I was thinking like, why the fuck he has a, the ass of an airplane on it? Then I was like, all oh, right, kamikaze because they're kam- kamikazes and he's white. White people kill this up all the time. And then I realized I was thinking really too deep into it. And really, he was just simply talking about the kamikaze airplanes from World War II the Jap- the Japanese military used. So, so I was like, sorry that I'm racist. But nah, uh, I listened to that album. Generally speaking, the last two times I've listened to albums that came out by significant, truly significant artists in the pop culture world. Um, Yay by Kanye West. Scorpion by Drake. Shout out to Drake. That Scorpion album is aging really well, bro. I'm listening. I'm finding more and more songs on that I skipped over. And I'm like... Bro, I skipped this. I remember it was a meme, a meme of that, like that, like when you get that one album by an artist that you've been listening to for two years, and that one track that you kept skipping over because my the intro might have been like four or five seconds slow, like it's some weird shit, like him running in the street. <sighs> nigga, skip, nigga, skip. Let me get back the drip from my walk. I get the drip from my walk. I get the drip from my walk. But so, I listened to about four or five songs on Kamikaze straight all the way through, no stops, no piss breaks, no bathroom breaks. Um, how do I feel about the song? How do I feel about the album so far? Um, so I can't really give a Eminem is one of those artists. Like generally speaking, when I do hip hop albums, I talk about the greatness of a hip hop artist or his lyrics. Generally speaking, I break down like how what I liked about this bar, what I liked about his tones. I will say this about the album: all the beats were amazing. It's hard for me to give a real honest critique about the lyrics because, bro, to be all the way one hundred with you. 
it's hard to understand Eminem when he's rapping sometimes, bro. Like I, I, I I'm just being real with you. It's hard for me to kind of. I recognize his greatness when I do catch the lyrics, but sometimes he's moving so fast that for me, the casual listener, it's kind of hard for me to catch it while I'm online responding to listeners who say my voice sounds like shit and I ain't shit and all niggas should die in my YouTube comments. So, so I'm saying, saying so it's, it is kind of hard for me to kind of it is kind of hard for me to kind of keep to keep up with it. But um, it was lit. I, I will say I did notice. For all of those out there who are backyard fans of Eminem, who have been listening to him since they were 14 and 15 year old, fingering chickens on the plains of Menace, I'll be coming up with some weird ass parallel stories. But uh, I will say it is that hey, he won, man. He uh, hey, he he wants to smoke with everybody. God damn, and when it, from what my understanding, and for those of you guys who might have interpreted the album a little bit more better than I, coach me through the understanding because from my understanding, this nigga won't smoke with everybody. Joe Budden. Drake, academics, the nigga from St. Lunatics with the mask, the nigga wants to smoke with everybody. I'm like, bro, like, god damn, calm down, calm down. You're rich, you're white, you do not have to do this. And it's weird because, like, see, Eminem's weird. Eminem's, Eminem's one of those rappers, like, kind of like those white boy rappers, like the clown posse. Like, um, I can't say that much for the clown posse, but I'll say for um, Limp Biscuit. They're one. They're in that far, far shrinking class of white rappers that just didn't give a fuck and will go out any fucking body. And man, he gotta understand, bro. He Eminem always never gave a fuck. But you gotta understand, like I, I don't remember Eminem ever really getting to beef for real. And when he ever, whenever he did really get into a beef, whenever he really did talk shit about somebody, I have noticed that it did tend to be people who were either in his kind of niche realm, whether it was the clown posse. Or somebody who you knew for a fact they wasn't going to get like a real significant response like Mariah Carey. But, nigga, you going at Joe Budden, that's a nigga, nigga. I, ain't, I don't know if he can fight. I ain't, I ain't in that nigga's uh, daily boxing gym lessons with whatever old Italian guys coaching him in East Harlem. But, like, if you want to, hey, that, that that's a nigga. Like, you, yeah, you, 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 you better diss somebody else. You, nigga, you better... You better st- you better diss the, the voice actor behind the uh, the purple Teletubby. Like nigga, fucking don't just Joe Budden. Like he just Joe Budden. He just drink. And I'm trying to really remember. Like from my understanding of the album, I think he's a little butthurt because of the negative, the immense negative, the immense negative feedback he got from um what was his album that came out last year, the um the I Hate Trump album revival. And I listened to a few songs off. I really didn't really delve, date, dive deep into it to really say this is a piece of flaming hot trash. Why did this nigga even come out of his house and go in the studio and make this shit? I didn't really get that. I will say I do notice the the three songs I did hear from that, like the bad guy. It was like bad guy, bad guy, some shit like that. I didn't like that. The song with him and Beyonce, I really wasn't feeling it. And the freestyle he did at the hip hop awards. There's a uh, I didn't I wouldn't fucking with it. I'll be honest. I didn't and initially when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is cool. He's being political and he's using his platform, his power to combat the the the, the intent of Trump to to kill us all. But then I'm like, then I reworked it. I was like, bro, this this shit is so lyrically unpar, especially for somebody like him who says some of the dopest shit. Like, it's kind of strange how you can have an artist who. I don't know, bro. He, he he's I don't know. He he's he's something else. I want you guys for those of you guys who the hip hop is. I want you guys to listen to it. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you would think about the album because I I have my own personal opinions and I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. I could be just being a hater and I don't want to. I don't want to just be a hater. I, well, I am being a hater. It is kind of hard to say because sometimes 
I don't know. I just I some more of the story with this album. I think it's good. It's just like I said, it's kind of hard for me to digest in general because I can't. I can't I can't interpret a whole Eminem album in one day. I can't. It's just I can't. I can't. I can't. When Jay Z's album came out last year, um four four four, I interpreted that album in one whole day because of the pacing, because of the clear messaging, and it just was it just was a it just was a great body of work. That'll be one of the albums that I'll look back on and say that was a great album just for the culture of Negroes, just for the culture of us, just for progression of who we are as a people. That will be one I'll look back on and be like, man, he did a really good job. I really appreciate him for dropping those jewels. Is he setting the song story of OJ? Y'all think it's bougie. I'm like, it's fine, but I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for $9.99. That is real. If I had a sound effect on this podcast, I would sound that right now because that was real. That is real dope. Game, solid game for $9.99, bro. That's beautiful. So I listened to this shit. It was knocking. Um... That's all I can really say about Eminem. You know, shout out to Eminem. Shout out to any other white rapper that's out there. I remember when Iggy Azalea came out three, four or five years ago and everybody was saying, like, it's the end of hip-hop because she got famous and because, like, I, I, I understood. I understood. I understood the backlash against uh, Iggy Azalea because just on a purely sonical level, her voice didn't sound that dope. Now, I will say on her later tracks that she's released this year, she has improved on her toning. She has, I don't I, I never knew if she wrote her lyrics a lot, but her lyrics have always been cool to me. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I'll be wondering sometimes, like, I wonder, does she really, really like hip hop like that? Or like, she just, cause, cause like, if I was Niggy Azaria, me personally, if I had an ass, like, no homo, if I had an ass like that, had a face like that, I would just go into modeling, just go into modeling, go into the personality room. Like, she at that point where she can just be famous for being famous. You know, and one thing about hip hop is I always say like, you know, I, I I always had this conversation inside my mind all the time. I always say, like, if you one, she ain't like a one hit wonder. I'm gonna say like a three four hit wonder. I'm always gonna say, the worst person to be four or three hit or two hit wonders for is Negroes because, nigga, if all you can contribute to us three or four or five hits, nigga, we won't give a fuck after you. Lauren Hill's one of the few people. <clears throat> Lauren Hill is one of the few people I've seen in the realm of music and Negro music who can release one album their whole career. And that is a classic album. Mama used to play that album back to back to back in the summers of 99. It was a great album. Now, with that being said, she's one of the people who can release an album so that that only one album her whole career and everybody fuck with her for just off that one album. She's one of the few people I've seen do that in our community. Like, nigga, half the time, if you do some shit like that, we'll forget about you in a week or a half. Or like, But she did it. And she's immortalized in black culture. But generally speaking, if you look at all of our singers who did who are one hit wonders, Jesse Powell with you, the Candy Rain niggas, like my love, do you ever dream of candy coated raindrops? But uh, the Candy Rain niggas, like all those dudes were one hit wonders, and you know where he where they at right now. That's why I love seeing. That's why I mean, shout out to my homie. He was talking to me. Um, I don't want to say his name, but he's a rapper. He's an upcoming rapper, and he paused right now because he's trying to figure out what he wants to do. And he also was like, you know, because he's like, bro, because you know, I'm into that neo soul kind of rap. I'm into that neo soul kind of rap where it's like, where it's like, where it's like I'm expressing my emotions. I'm being deep. I'm just being cool and calm and chill. Like on Drake. Like if I'm listening to Drake's B side of Scorpion while driving across the Golden Gate Bridge at seven o'clock at night. And seven o'clock in the afternoon, evening, seven o'clock in the evening. 
And I told him, he's like, in, in reality is, you know, you can't get on with that kind of music. You can't get popping. You can't get played in the club with that kind of music. And I told him, I was like, bro, I mean, yeah, but shit, Jesus walked by Kanye West got played in the club. You know, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar popping. Crookest Mom by J. Cole has, I don't know how many goddamn million views on YouTube. You can't always, I always say there's not just one path to the treasure vault. There isn't just one path that you take winding through the woods and up the mountain and through Diana Ross's butt cheeks to get there. I don't know why I thought about that. There is no, there is not just one path that you can take there. And it's the same thing when it comes to music. You know, LMI obviously booed up to me is not necessarily a club record. It's a chill, relax while you're driving in the car kind of record. But you can feel it. Same thing with Daniel Caesar. Daniel Caesar has not released a club song yet. But when you listen to Get You and you hear his voice through drought and famine you hear that voice come over that speaker bro a, a, a sea of peace washes over your skin and you are calm and you're cool and you're collected and there's nothing else for you to worry about bro like that's the magic of music i think a lot of the time i think a lot of the time we believe so focused on trying to follow the um the the paving road the the common road to success that we forget that a lot of the a lot of the bumps if you take the road that prob- that possibly might have a little bit more bumps and bruises, or there's a little bit more rattlesnakes, probably if you're leprechauns, maybe Michael Comer, you're going to find a lot of people. You're going to find a lot of issues in that path. But at the same time, if you go on that path, it's a little bit better because you have your own individuality. I think that's what I don't like about Instagram. That's what I never liked about art forms in general. It's like when you go on Instagram, when you go on podcasting, I feel like when it comes to podcasting, I'm one of the few people who has a unique voice as I do. I'm cool, but I'm a nerd. I'm black, but I'm talented. So I'm black, I'm talented. You know what I'm saying? But like, I feel like I'm one of the few people who have, who kind of presents himself in the way that I present myself. But when you listen to podcasts, from what I've seen, if you go to the white nerdy world, everybody's trying to be like Joe Rogan. Everybody's trying to be like Andrew Schultz. Everybody's trying to be like this person. If you come to the Negro side of the podcast world, Everybody wants to be kid. Everybody wants to follow. Everybody wants to emulate what kid would um, what the friend zone podcast did, what the um, uh, what the tax zone podcast did. Everybody wants to be like they want to. They want to. They want to emulate those characters. And to me, I think what always made me a little bit different is because I don't want to emulate. Well, I, there's dudes I obviously look up to. You know, like I look up to Keith David. I look up to Charlamagne. I look up to a lot more people who are outside of the field that I aspire to be in than people who are in the field that I'm in. Like, I look up to the, um, who's somebody else I look up to? Somebody in my room. Like, I look up to the, um, Keith David. Keith David was the voice actor of Goliath. And I'm only bringing him up because his voice kind of reminds me of my voice. So, you know, we're Silverthroat. Shout out to my fellow Silverthroats out there. Um, but, you know, like, I, 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 I relate to those guys. I look up to the people who are in my field or in my, who are in my, um, who are my class. And I think, I don't know. So, but at the same time, it's a difference. I think there's that fine line you have to have between looking up to somebody and at the same time, trying so hard to be them that you lose your own identity. You know, I remember, um, so before I got fired, I got fired lately, actually got fired. Before I got fired, I did security. And when I was doing security, I used, I remember at one time we did security for this Prince concert where, for the concert, you just had like about four, five, six, or six, about actually about ten, ten different acts. People whose whole skit was they were um, doing Prince impersonations or conveying Prince, whatever, whatnot, etc. And like I told, like I told one of the guys I was talking when I was talking to him, was like, 
you know, only thing I don't like about that, bro, like I said, was like, you know, is in, in a sense you're being, you're, you're trying so hard to be something that you might end up losing the sense of one guy. I mean, let me add some context. I didn't, I didn't clip that well enough. The closing band for that night was this one band that just tours all around the United States of America. And this is one guy who looks, he's a white guy, but he's, he does one of the best, one of the most impressive Prince impersonations I've ever seen. Cause he's the right size, more or less kind of have his facial shape, really slim guy. And he has this androgynous. Come. <coughs> he has this androgynous kind of look. So, <coughs> so when you see him, so when you see him, you automatically, you automatically think like, oh, okay, Prince. But we ended up talking afterwards, and like I told him, I was like, man, you do a great job, man. Prince would be proud. He's like, man, hey, all I, he said, hey, brother, brother, all I know is I, I probably even come maybe four and a half foot to the talent that he had. He's a mince giant, and I was like, yeah, man, but don't, don't knock yourself because you bring something to the table that he can't bring, just like he brings from the table that you can't bring. And he dabbed me like. There's it, brother. You have a good one. But I can tell you really didn't really see what I was saying. What I meant was like, it's nothing wrong with being a cover band. It's nothing wrong with see, being inspired by somebody else and following in their footsteps and saying, I want to emulate this, emulate that. But I do think personally, this is to all the people out there who are artistic, who are in the artistic world. I do think it is important for you to have like your own stamp on what you do. I do, I do think it's important for people to know you for a certain quality, a certain a certain gen, I say quite a certain, um, you need to have your own blueprint, not blueprint. You need to leave your own footprint. You know, you can't always follow. If you're a singer, you can't always try to aspire to be Luther Vandross, but you can't be inspired by him. You can't always aspire to be Diana Ross, but you can be inspired by him. You know, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I love Charlemagne the God, <clears throat> talented broadcaster, talented artist, and, He's somebody whose work I look up to. Somebody who I've been following for a while, a few years now. But I don't want to be him. I look up to Howard Stern, outside of the misogynistic part. I don't want to be him. But I look up to him because I know I feel like my talents is more my my talent, my ability is spitting random rhetoric and and waxing poetic about the pop culture world. I feel like it's in their realm. It's in that same Easter egg nest. So because of that, I relate to them and I and I think look at them as like inspiration. Um. I don't know. No, I'm, I don't know. It's in, it's in, it's interesting. I want to tell you something was funny, and I was thinking about this now because I was because um, sounds funny, right? Well, I don't know if I'm funny. I think I'm funny. You know, I slide, but they don't think I'm funny. And this girl, this store I used to work at before I got fired. So <laughs> I got a prefix on it before I got fired. So she told me that um, she said um, uh, what she say? She said um, what she say? She said um. What'd she say? She said, I don't think you're funny. You're just nerdy. And I took offense to that for a minute. I was like, what? And I got so defensive for a minute. And then I tried to come with all these little excuses for why she, why I was funny. And she just was tripping like, oh, well, she's black. You know, black girls don't think I'm funny anyway. They, they don't like me. Or oh, maybe she just don't understand how maybe she sees me make this guy laugh. Then she'll understand how funny I am. And then I was just was like really thinking like, man, like, I don't know. Like, I... Is there a difference between being goofy and being funny? And this is something that I would want to talk to you guys about. And when I think about this, I think about like how like a lot of the comedians in the black world, they say that Kevin Hart ain't funny, which for those of you guys who are white, you might not be aware of this at all. But 
almost 82% of black African-American comedians have an extreme distaste for Kevin Hart. They hate everything about him. They hate his skin tone. They hate his hair. They hate the fact that he has all his teeth. They hate his, they hate his uh, right foot's right biggest toe. They hate every single thing about this man. And to this day, nobody knows. I think it's jealousy and also because a lot of them think he's more. He, I look at him like they think he's more goofy than he is funny. And I'm a goofy dude. I can't knock them. That's why I never knock him because, like, I'm a goofy dude, you know. So I got to stand up high for goofy niggas, you know. I, it's, a lot, it's a lot of little camps. It's a lot of camps that I stand up for that I don't want to stand up for, but I got to stand up for. Like Cho Chang and Harry Potter book, Harry Potter book five and Order of the Phoenix. And Border of the Phoenix, it like that bitch was tripping. But at the same time, when I took the test on Baltimore, I was put in the house of Ravenclaw. Cho Chang was a Ravenclaw, so I got to send up for it. Shout out to my Ravenclaws. Which, by the way, by the way, today is September 1st. September 1st. Back to platform nine and three quarters. The, the, the story, the length, the tale of Harry Potter begins. For those of you guys out there who do not know about Harry Potter, who are just a bunch of bitch-ass niggas who never read a Harry Potter book because you thought you was too damn good. I'm referring to the fact that in the Harry Potter number, Harry Potter novel, September 1st is the day that all the students who are attending Hogwarts, all the students whose parents allow them to randomly be sent to a boarding school four or five months for four, really shit it, at 10 months on end, where they might or might not be killed by a murderous wizard who somehow escapes, gets killed, and comes back every single book. This is the day that they return to school. And... This is something significant for all of us who grew up watching Harry Potter. This is something significant for all of us who were in that realm. And I loved it. So, I want to say shout out to those of the Harry Potter world. I want to say shout out to J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, Miss Rowling. I don't know if you're married yet, but if you are not married, you are on my smash list. You are on my smash list. I would. Mm. You're on my smash list, J.K. You're on my smash list. You're on my smash list. And just letting you know, when I come, I am coming. You are on my smash list. Just know this. But shout out to everybody. I'm going to tell you what I want to do. This is something I want to do. I want to start making it more mainstreamly acceptable to be a nerd. Like, I want it to be more mainstreamly acceptable for you to be able to say, like, like, I don't know if it'll, I don't know. I don't know if you'll ever be able to be, like, in East Compton in LA and be a blood and be like, nigga, nigga, I always read Lord of the Rings, nigga, on Mama's nigga. Like, I don't know if YG is ever going to do a song talking about nigga, Hobbit Town, nigga, Hobbit, fuck the orcs, fuck the orcs. I don't know if it'll ever go down like that. I don't know if it'll ever go down like that. But I will say, I do want to get it to a point where it's not socially deplorable to read books. It's not socially deplorable to take interest in fairy tales and stories. Nigga, I love that type of stuff. I don't know why niggas look at it like it's gay. I remember when I was in school, I met had this friend named Jefferson. I asked this nigga if he ever uh, seen, um, if he ever watched, um, what did, he ever, what did I ask him? There goes Harry Potter. I asked the nigga if he ever watched Harry Potter. He's like, no, man, I'm not gay. I was like, I got a feeling like, nigga, what? Which, First off, there's nothing wrong with being gay. Now, with that being said, I was like, nigga, what the fuck? Like, you won't see it? Because I, I, you know, I, Harry Potter played a central role in my imagination as a child. So, I was kind of like, you know, like, bro, like, nigga, like, what's up with you? Like, nigga, why you hating? You know, but he has, hey, he has, he has his right. He has his right. He can, he is entitled to his own opinion, you know, and I am entitled to his. You bitch, Jefferson. That's why I don't call you no more. But <laughs> more of the story is shout out to Harry Potter fans out there who really did enjoy the series. Um, I might do a little bit, a little video on my voiceover channel and talking about that because I was a big, big fan of Harry Potter, big fan of J.K. Rowling as well. So, um, you know, it's beautiful. Now, 
as far as everything else is going on in the world, I don't have really much else to talk about. This was a late night episode. I did this, I did this episode simply because I... Uh, why did I do this episode? Oh, I did it because, tomorrow, well, I didn't get, so for those of you guys who remembered, I broke my phone and I haven't been able to get to my, I haven't been able to get a new microphone and stuff like that. But now, because I have, because I have a new phone now, because I got a good microphone now, now we are back in business. We are back in business. We are back in the bakery and we are back recording Monday through Friday as usual. And because I'm fired, we will have a lot more time to record and we have a lot more time to talk. We have a lot more time to talk and have more interesting and fascinating conversations and the world shall continue now let me know in the comments what did you think about my podcast what did you think about today's episode let me know in the podcast what was your opinions about Eminem's diss track let me know in the podcast if you are a Harry Potter fan you know tell me some key moments tell me some moments from the Harry Potter series that you truly remember and I also want to ask you do you how how uh, I guess that's it. I don't want to give y'all give y'all too. A lot of y'all got GDs like my black ass, so I don't want to give y'all too many questions because y'all forget. So, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for being part of the family. And this is the People's Paradise Podcast. One love.